What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to Bet to Win here in the Blue Wire studios at the Win Las Vegas. I'm your host, Joe Pham. Happy Thursday to you all. Game one of the NBA Finals set to start tonight. We've got Jordan Liggins of the Spinsters podcast here to join us and break down the entire series and what she expects from the Warriors and the Celtics. She came on at the beginning of the postseason to preview the entire NBA playoffs. Now, pumped to have her back to preview what I expect to be a tremendous final series between two very capable teams with stars all around both rosters. Uh, it's been a really fun week for me. Uh, we, we were back, it was Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that night, and talking to my producer, Jeremiah Crow and seeing all the chatter um, on social media, I couldn't wait any longer to go see Top Gun. And I knew I would enjoy it. I'm a very easy to please. I've told you this on the show before. I'm a very easy to please moviegoer. I just want to be entertained. It's the reason why I think the Fast and Furious movies are awesome movies because they're just sort of like mind numbing and awesome. Why the Marvel movies to me, even in the bad ones, are still a layer of just fun and a way to escape whatever's going on uh, in your life. I love going to the movies. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and so I knew I was going to enjoy it. I didn't go in thinking, well, I don't know. It's a sequel. Most sequels are bad. But it, it was so much better than I ever could have thought it would be. So it was the perfect movie. The whole time, I was, I was gripped from second one to the post-credits. It was the perfect mix of nostalgia, fresh blood, new characters, storyline, and of course, the action. The one critique I've seen is that it, it's predictable and it's too cheesy because there's too much of a, 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 a focus on nostalgia. I would disagree with the latter, but in terms of the former of it being predictable, this isn't a whodunit mystery or drama where you want to, to have sort of an outcome and a twist and turn that you're not expecting uh, leave you with something to talk about as you walk away and walk out of the theater. Everything that may have been quote unquote predictable for me was stuff I was sitting there saying, gosh, I hope this happens. And then if it did or didn't, you're fired up about it. You know, what keeps you on the edge of your seat is the action, is the impossibility of what they're trying to accomplish. And um, it was like they're doing this movie and all of a sudden uh, a Fast and Furious movie breaks out. Like it, it, was, it was level 10 action throughout the movie. And then you go back and you look at how they actually accomplished it, where they're jerry-rigging IMAX cameras into the cockpit Every actor had to go through three months of uh, Navy-approved training and G-Force training because they are in the planes. And all the Gs they're feeling is real. The reactions are real. They're touching up their own makeup in the cockpit. The director sends them off. And when they come back, they review the footage for the first time. I mean, just an, a gargantuan task when... It comes to filming this movie and doing it right. And it was absolutely stellar. Um, Monica Barbara was fantastic. Miles Teller is a remarkably talented actor. And Tom Cruise, for me, and my money, still, still got it. Box office smash and whatever action movie he's doing. And the fact that he is so talented in terms of doing his own stunts. He is a pilot. Um, 
is incredible. So if you haven't seen Top Gun, don't walk, run to the theater. If you can see it in IMAX, do so. Uh, and I plan on going again because it was that good. Uh, Wednesday afternoon was here on the property at the Win Las Vegas, the Win Golf Club, because the match was back. It was Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes against uh, jo- or against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. It started looked like the old heads were gonna were gonna roll, but it ended up being a tremendous match, and it was a lot of fun. It was fun. This is the first time um, that it was all amateur golfers. There wasn't a professional on either side, and that made it fun. It was very relatable. You had Patrick Mahomes cracking Coors lattes because he needed some swing juice. Uh, Josh Allen just struggling across the board. Credit to him for putting his golf game on national TV um, because I don't think many of us would be that brave, and and he got exposed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers birdied one. He birdied 12, um, uh, sunk a beautiful 10 to 12-foot putt uh, to to clinch the match on the final hole on 12 as the sun was setting. Tom Brady, the most beautiful swing of the four of them. Uh, it was a lot of fun and a great ending and a great time at a, at a beautiful golf course out at, uh, out the win here. Um, so kudos to them. It was fun to be there. Also, the first time that they've ever sold tickets. As far as I know, the first time the match has ever sold tickets. It's, a, it's always a made-for-TV event. And certainly the one I was at the day after Thanksgiving with Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau, the sort of nice thing about it was there wasn't really anyone there. It was a handful of VIPs and me, so it was much easier to get around. So it added a vibe having, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people there. Um, but it is amazing when when people go to a golf tournament. I don't know if, like I've been to golf tournaments. It wasn't like this. Something about the event yesterday, everybody was a comedian. The number of bad one-liners I heard from everyone there was pretty brutal. I don't like, I don't want to shame people, but I don't know. Maybe it's a me thing that I need to be more fun. I'm here. I'm down for a good heckler. Like someone who has, has who's clever and thought behind it, but like a 30 second span, there was this guy on, it was a sixth hole, it was a par three. Aaron Rodgers is walking up to the green and this guy's like, nice shot, Favre. Nice shot, Favre. You're going to miss this putt, Brett. One, I don't even, I don't get it. I don't know what that means. And then he looks to these, looks to his, and then no one's laughing. But also no one has it in them to be like, dude, shut up. Move on. Find another line. He looks at his buddy. He's like, I'm on a roll. Can't stop now. It's like, dude, you can stop. You should stop. And there's a lot of that. That's just one instance. So I don't know if I'm the get off my lawn on the golf course guy, but I don't know. There was some liquid courage out there from a number of people at the match. But overall, a great event. The golf was, was great. Patrick Mahomes, uh, ugly golf swing, great results. Just to carry Josh Allen to even force it to go to 12 holes. Um, this is a lot of fun. And I mean, those are always great. I think what's that six or seven of them now. So a lot of fun. Can't wait for the next one. Uh, let's get to my victory lap for this episode. I took Astros money line on Tuesday against the A's minus one thirty three was the juice. They win three to one. They get five scoreless innings from their bullpen. They get a couple of runs off of Frankie Montas, the athletic star um, in a three, one win run line covered. I just took the money line. And I will take the victory lap, hoping to get another uh, as we start fresh here in the month of June. I finished with a winning record in May, 5-3-1, plus 1.7 units. Yeah, baby. That's what we're talking about. Profit is profit. Again, game one tonight, Warriors-Celtics. The finals begin 
at the Chase Center in San Francisco. Uh, minus three and a half, uh, the Warriors are favored uh, against the Celtics. Total set at 213 and a half. It's been steamed up from 211. Uh, notable player props for game one. Jason Tatum's uh, set at 28 and a half points. Curry, 27 and a half. Jalen Brown, 24 and a half. Draymond at eight and a half. And Clay at 20 and a half. The series odds, again, unchanged from Tuesday. Minus 155 in favor of the Warriors. The Celtics at plus 127. Unsurprising, the props for MVP. Uh, Steph Curry is even money. Jason Tatum at plus 165. That basically just speaks to the odds of the teams winning the series. Because if the Celtics win, it's going to be Jason Tatum. If the, uh, the Warriors win, it's in all likelihood going to be Steph Curry, especially because with all the rings he has, he doesn't have a finals MVP. So if they win, even if it's close, they'll give it to him as sort of a, a career finals achievement award. Uh, real quickly, in the NHL, a couple of wild games, high-scoring games. If you've been betting uh, overs in these conference finals so far, you have been cashing tickets. The Avs won 8-6 to six against the Oilers on Tuesday. 14 goals scored in that game one. The Avs scored eight goals on 47 shots on goal. They covered the puck line at minus 180 as favorites, and they lead the series 1-0. Um, again, talk about star power, star power in that series. Uh, and then on Wednesday, the Rangers, 6-2 winners at home against the Lightning. MSG was rocking. Uh, and Igor Shosturkin is just an absolute baller. Continues to carry a young pups Rangers team uh, that is now up 1-0 over the Lightning, winning game, uh, game one at home. Uh, game odds for game twos. In the NHL Conference Finals, the Avs are minus 180 favorites against the Oilers at plus 160. That total is now seven, which is just half of the 14 they scored uh, in the first game. Then on Friday, the Lightning are minus 125 favorites on the road against the Rangers at plus 105 in game two. Uh, the series odds, Avs are massive favorites. Not worrying about that. Unless you think the Oilers are a live dog at plus 350 to win the series. The Rangers now favorites at minus 128 with the Lightning at plus 108. Bookkeeping done. Check those boxes. Those props and lines are out there for you. Let's get into the meat of the show. Let's get to our guest. Pumped to have Jordan Liggins back on. She does a tremendous job as a co-host of the Spinsters podcast on the Blue Wire Network. She's also a host for Nike's Jumpman and Jordan Brand. Follow her on Twitter at underscore Jordan Liggins. Jordan, we had you on to preview the NBA playoffs. Now we have you back to preview the NBA finals and what a series we have on tap with the Celtics and the Warriors. How are you? Thank you again for coming on and giving us your insight and time. I am great. I am celebrating the finals today. Game one. I'm going to be more excited. Uh, before we get to this series and dive into the matchups and, and the, the key questions for both sides, I want to talk about how each team got here. And starting with the Warriors, they dispatched the Nuggets, Grizzlies, and Mavs in order. And so much of the storyline with them has been the role players. It was Jordan Poole early um, putting up, you know, 30 burgers pretty much every night, it felt like, in that opening round series mm -hmm. against the Nuggets. Kevon Looney has been tremendous. I, I joked on Twitter that he, he is what the Lakers expected and hoped Andrew Bynum to be. And the Ooh, staying power, yes. and how long Kevon Looney has been doing it for the Warriors. Then Andrew Wiggins as maybe the best two-way player um, on that roster. What have you made of the Warriors' <clears throat> run to the finals? I don't think anyone is 
maybe surprised that they're here because it's the Warriors and we sort of expect mm-hmm. this from them. But but maybe it's the players and the contributors that helped them get here that has been most impressive. Yeah, when I think about this Warriors team, I think they are trying to solidify their dynasty. They're trying to solidify this legacy talk because a couple years ago, they were terrible. And they we we really appreciated the whole Clay, Steph, Draymond, three-headed monster. And when that was not there, it was like, oh, shoot, what is this Warriors team? This isn't the same team. So I think they really made it a mission to build around those three players and bring people in that are all on the same mindset. This is a championship program. Let's go do what we do. And that's exactly what's happening this season. It's been fun to watch the the Warriors team that we know and love to be back. And uh, they pretty much just ran through everybody. It wasn't a surprise that they're here. This is where they're supposed to be. This is where they're comfortable in the finals. Um, So I'm so excited to see them potentially win another one. How much pressure does Jordan Poole take off of a 34-year-old Steph Curry? You know, what's impressed me the most is it's not just a guy who can make shots, but he can create his own shots and he can score in spurts. And he's a guy you can lean on to get a clutch bucket even to where Steph doesn't have to be this superhuman figure uh, on a play-to-play basis every minute he's on the floor where Jordan Poole really is that third splash brother. It takes pressure <laughs> off Clay. I mean, I guess I'm curious for you, when you watch these games, do you see that as you watch it, that, man, this guy is is truly a, you know, on par with them from a scoring standpoint to where these other guys don't have to do as much and it maybe saves them for the end of the fourth quarter in those clutch moments? When I look at Jordan Poole, first I say, great name. <laughs> then for a splash brother, I- yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in a great first then, name, yep. Then I think about how he was in the G League last year. Like, there's no way that technically he's supposed to be here and in this position and having this much impact on this team so soon. He was my most improved player uh, vote, and I think he should have got that award because just the leaps and bounds that he's made since his rookie season. When he first came into the league, his shot selection was all over the place. He was a shooter, not a maker. My old coach used to say that. There are shooters and then there are makers. So he was a shooter. Um, And now he has been efficient. He has been the spark off the bench that they need. There's not this dip and there's not this panic if Steph goes to the bench. And that's what Jordan Jordan Poole brings to this team. Um, for him being able to relieve Steph, I was just talking about this on another podcast. Like, Steph makes everyone better. Like, he doesn't have to score 40, 50 points. Just his presence, just him drawing so much attention makes everybody better. So if I'm Jordan Poole, I'm like, thank you, Steph, for drawing all this attention so I can get my shots. Thank you for going to the bench so their stars go to the bench and I can get my shots off. So it still still revolves around Steph to me. It does, and it's amazing. I mean, he is the ultimate team first guy. He came off the bench when these playoffs were starting, you know, as he was coming off mm-hmm. the injury and, and no ego about it. Um, when we talked before the playoffs and we previewed everything, we talked about how uh, Jason Tatum had just as much if not more than any superstar in the league, more to gain, that is, 
than any other superstar in the league. And he has gone through Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Giannis and Tentacumpo, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler in the one seed heat. And now he's in the finals for the first time. Um, what have you made of, of Jason Tatum's playoff run so far? It's been fun. It's been fun to watch. Like he's, I know the joke is like, he's still only 19, but he still is only 24 years old. And I have to fact check myself every time I say that. He's so young, but the jumper is smoother than ever. The crossover is smoother than ever. He is such a joy to watch. And especially in those clutch moments where he has put the Celtics team, the Celtics franchise on his back, which is not an easy task. Celtics fans, they know. Um, But Jason Tatum, we're witnessing something that it's just the beginning of. Like, you know, these past couple years, they've made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They haven't been able to get over the hump. They didn't make too big of changes, but in December, we were talking about blowing this team up. They can never be here. They can never be good again. And I feel like Jason Tatum took that personally. And the the ascension that he's had since that December, you know, they were fi- uh, 500, I think. Um, he's really put the team on his back, and I can only respect him for that. You know, he's wearing a Kobe armband in a Game 7. I was like, you better bring it because that's my guy. So he did. And I think that he is channeling that Mamba mentality. And as a Kobe fan, that's only a positive thing. Should we be talking (laughs) about him among the A1 superstars in the NBA? I mean, to me, Mm -hmm. given the clutch moments in this postseason, I think it's justified given the defensive versatility that he has, given the ability to shoot the three, the mid-range game, the ability to get to the rim, all that together, I think, puts him in that conversation. Is he on that tier for you yet? I think he is. Like there were a couple of games throughout these playoffs where I was like, we have to stop saying rising star. Like we have to chop off the rising. He is a star. He is a superstar. And he has been that guy. Now we're able to see it on the biggest stage. Because like you said, look at the players that he went through, him and his team. And he was still one of the best player on the floor. You're playing against Giannis and he outplayed him. You're playing against KD and Kyrie. He outplayed them. And, and the Celtics as a unit, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the defense and what they bring as a team, but Jason Tatum himself was the superstar on the floor in those series. And that's when we have those conversations, we're basically comparing to the other superstars and to the other A1 players that are on the, uh, in the league and he he outplayed them. Like, he's in the finals. They're not. And I think this is the the year that we chop off the rising star. Like, he is a superstar, in my opinion. That's very well put. I want to pass the ball right back to you and just get your initial impressions before we dive deeper into this final series between the Warriors and Celtics that kicks off on Thursday night. Yeah, I... We talked about it before. The mics got hot. The playoffs have been a snoozer. I have been not so entertained. I've been watching my Married at First Sight uh, episodes early because they have been blowouts. Um, I I don't want to watch Married at First Sight. I want to watch the games to the last second. I want buzzer beaters. That Brooklyn and Boston series where Tatum made the layup on the last second. Like I was expecting every game to be that and it couldn't be more opposite. So... For the finals, 
I want the drama. I want everyone to bring their A game. That's what I'm excited to see. Um, I think experience is really going to play a part in this. The Warriors, the finals are like their home. They're, they're so comfortable there. The Boston, this Boston team hasn't been there and they don't have that experience. So I think it's going to go six games, but I have the Warriors experience beating out this Boston Celtics team. Interesting. Okay. I like diving right into the pick. What intrigues me about this series is that the Celtics, while not as deep as the Warriors, the Warriors are the deepest team. They have capable players on the bench they're not even using. When you talk about Jonathan Kaminga, who's not really getting minutes, Gary Payton Jr., who might return for this uh, series Mm -hmm. at some point, if not in game one, hasn't been a part of the last couple of series. Um, For me, though, the Celtics have the, the depth and the role players that can keep up with Golden State. They've got Jalen Brown might be the second best player in this series, but then you go down with Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, Al Horford drinking mm-hmm. from the Fountain of Youth, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard has had really big moments, bona fide big yeah. playoff moments so far in this series. Does that give you hope that the Celtics can hang around a bit? And I'm curious, just in your, you know, where do you rank some of these top players in this series? I think that's always a fun exercise to go through when when deciding who's got a shot to win it. Steph might be the best player in the series. Tatum's not far mm-hmm. behind, in my opinion. And I think you're yeah. going to make a, a case for a third guy. It's probably Jalen Brown above Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, or Clay Thompson. I'm curious what your take yeah. is on that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that that ranking. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a good matchup because when we do start going player by player, we are thinking about, okay, who's going to guard each other? These are both defensive-minded teams. You know, we have the one and two from the regular season. I think I read something where every player in the Celtics starting five got a vote for defensive player of the year. Like, that doesn't happen. So this defense is going to have to stop Golden State's fiery offense. Like, I think it's going to take all five of them to stop Steph, and that's why I put him as the number one player in this series. Um, but it's also going to take a lot of Golden State to stop Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, Jalen Brown, I think it's so funny. He has to be one of the best players that can't dribble. He, <laughs> Victor Oladipo was locking him up. So that's what makes me a little nervous about going into this Warriors series because they also watch that and they know that um, they bring a double team, they put pressure on him, he might turn the ball over. Uh, for the Warriors, speaking of turnovers, I think that's going to also be their Achilles heel. Um, can they not beat themselves? If the Boston Celtics actually beat them, then they have a chance. But if the Warriors are turning the ball over, you know, beating themselves, not taking the best shots, then it's not really the Celtics beating them, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So I do think this Celtics team can hang around. They have the players. They have the pieces. They have the youth. They have this this momentum in their first finals. I think the first game is going to be some butterflies and some jitters um, because they're just not used to being here. But that's all on their side, and they have enough to make it a series. I just think the Warriors and Steph Curry being in their element, being very zen about being in the finals is what takes it over the top. I think, you know, you look at uh, Robert Williams as a player 
Uh, it's it, it, mm-hmm. it, uh, Real quick, I actually do want to circle back to the turnovers thing because it is interesting that two teams that are in the finals can be so careless with the ball for such long stretches. You saw that Heat game. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Game three, the Celtics turned the ball over like 24 times. You think, how is this possible for a team? And, and Jalen Brown, often a culprit, like you mentioned, uh, struggles mm-hmm. to handle the basketball at times. Uh, Robert Williams is a key figure in this piece. He's one of the most elite rim defenders um, in the entire NBA. You saw when he was in the lineup how much trouble he gave Bam Adebayo in the Eastern Conference Finals. But he's been in and out mm-hmm. of the lineup. His his minutes have been limited. He's been out of games altogether. How important is his presence to the outcome of this series and the Celtics' overall chances of winning it? I think he is the perfect matchup for Looney. We talked about how Kevon Looney has had a huge impact for the Warriors, playing way more minutes than he's used to. You see him huffing and puffing out there. He's like, wait, (laughs) this isn't my role. Um, But now he's going to have a chance to earn those minutes by playing against Robert Williams. And it's not about the post players in this series. Just, you know, we know this. It is a lot of guards. But to be able to have that matchup and to be able to, you know, take either take Looney out of it to be able to remove him so that they can drive more. Um, that matchup is perfect. Other series, you know, especially the Warriors against Dallas, Dallas didn't have an answer for Looney. They didn't have any post presence. They're missing that on their team. So he was really able to exploit that and get a lot of minutes. Now you have Robert Williams to be able to say, okay, we we are either going to have to have them on the floor at the same time to match up, or we're going to have to take Kevon Looney off, so hopefully they can take Robert Williams off and just make this a guard game. I think his presence in general is just going to be um, necessary to, to stop this Warriors team. We know the Warriors have the pieces uh, and the ability to go uh, up-tempo as well as any team in the league and, and go on major runs. Do you think they... They try to run and run and run against the Celtics team to avoid uh, the Celtics getting in their half-court defense because they are one of the best perimeter defensive teams in the entire league. That would be my game plan. If I'm, you know, got the whiteboard, I'm saying go. Do not let them set up their half-court defense because we know that they're going to be switching. We know that we've had troubles against it before, and every team up to this point has had trouble. So... We're getting rebounds and we're outletting. We are running. It doesn't even matter if we're shooting threes on the run. They don't have to be all layups, but we are constantly, we're getting in our offense as fast as possible. If you let them set up, that's where teams get in trouble. And that's where it's like, okay, the ball sticks. It gets stuck. They don't want to swing it around. And we know the Warriors love to do that. So you have a team like the Celtics that jumps in the passing lanes, that switches, that locks up one-on-one. You do not want to walk the ball up. That would be the worst thing that you can do unless you have the magic cure-all to the switching defense that I don't think anybody does. So if I'm the Warriors, run it. The Celtics have have won more games, I think, on the road than they have at home during these playoffs. Certainly in the Eastern Conference Finals, they only won one of those games at home versus three on the road. Is it more impressive that they've been such a good road team or more concerning that they've struggled on their home court. That's hilarious. Like even the Celtics can't play in Boston at this point. <laughs> that something has to change. Um, I think it's impressive on the road, especially when you're playing against the Warriors. Um, at Spencer's, we have an episode coming out tomorrow just about the Chase Center and how it's not Roracle anymore. 
Um, but being able to go on the road in, in chase just against warrior fans in general and win a game, that's what you have to do to even stay in this, especially if they're not winning at home in Boston, because it's hard for any team to come into Boston and win. Um, but if the Boston Celtics aren't doing it, then I don't know who will. <laughs> and then just to finish up, you said going in, and I, I, I agree with you, especially when you're the road team in game one, you have to at some point win a game on the road to win the yeah, NBA finals. Yeah. The Celtics have proven time and again, they can do that. Uh, game one is on Thursday night. The Warriors three and a half point favorites against the Celtics at home at Chase Center. Total set at 213 and a half. The series line, the Warriors are minus 155 favorites. The Celtics at plus 127. You said out the top uh, that you have the Warriors in six. Is that your official pick for this series? That is my official pick. That is my official pick. A lot of people are saying it goes seven, but I, I think it goes six. I think the Warriors take care of business. I think, well, I, I know that Stephen Curry has to get finals MVP. This is his year. If he doesn't get it, we riot. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense if Andre Iguodala's on the bench with the finals MVP trophy over Steph. So I think they won it in six. Steph has an am amazing series. Um, and they're not blowouts. There are close games because I think these teams are evenly matched. Um, that's what my hope is. Please, basketball gods, have these games be close. Uh, but I think the Warriors pull it out in six. I think it's Warriors in seven. I think you've seen mm. two series in a row where the Warriors have gotten spanked in closeout games on the road only to come back the next game at home and finish it out. Uh, I think that's mm. ultimately what happens. It also is something I'm just trying to speak into existence because I want this to be a great series that salvages, like you mentioned, uh, a mostly underwhelming uh, postseason. Uh, Jordan, we had you to start. We've now had you uh, getting to the finals. She is the co-host of the Spencer's podcast. Does a fantastic job on the Blue Wire Network. Also a host for Nike's Jumpman and the Jordan brand. Follow her on Twitter at underscore Jordan Liggins. Uh, Jordan, thank you for the time. And most importantly, thank you for the insight analysis and all the expertise. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Per usual, Jordan Liggins, the absolute best. Again, make sure to check out the Spinsters podcast with Haley O'Shaughnessy. If you haven't already, it is a must listen, particularly around this time with the final set to embark on Thursday night. Uh, let's get to a promo and a winning pick and get on out of here. New WinBet users can receive $200 in free bets after they make their first qualifying deposit and place their first bet on WinBet. Once that bet got to be $50 or more is settled. You'll receive four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. Winning pick time, trying to start off the month of June with a W. I'm going with game one, Warriors-Celtics over 213 and a half. I'm following the steam. Credit to you guys if you got it at 211 where it opened. But I'm going to follow the steam. I know these teams are ranked one and two in terms of overall defense from the regular season, but I'm banking on a number of talented offensive pieces showing up in this game. On top of that, as I mentioned with Jordan, the Warriors, I expect to run and run and run some more. This is going to be way more up-tempo than you saw with the Mavs series and the Heat series. Two teams uh, that are very slow and very deliberate offensively and want to slow the game down and limit uh, possessions. The Celtics aren't a team that necessarily runs and goes up-tempo, but they have the pieces to do so. Obviously, as is the case with any game, 
This is going to come down to three-point shooting and the percentages for each team. Luckily, both sides are filled with capable and quality three-point shooters. So to me, the Celtics, I think, have a chance to hang around, but the Warriors are going to get theirs. I expect them to shoot a better percentage at home than they would in Boston. And again, the tempo, I think, the amount of possessions will lend itself for this game going over 213 and a half. What we need, we need 108, 107. I'm down. Let's win by the hook. Uh, that is my winning pick. Celtics, Warriors over 213 and a half. That's at minus 108 on win bet. That's going to do it for us here on Bet to Win. Hope you enjoy a, a tremendous weekend of sports. Lots coming. Obviously, the NBA Finals starting Thursday night. The continued drama in the NHL in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We'll recap all of it next Monday right here on Bet to Win. <laughs> 